This Off the Hazel podcast is now driven by Delari Nissan Regina. Nissan. And that's four birdies in a row for Drew Kocher to close out the day with a smooth 69, ladies and gentlemen. And would you look at that, Troy Kosher stripes one right down the middle on the wrong fairway. The Reverend can't drive, he can't hit his irons, and he can't putt, but boy can that guy drink. You're listening to Off the Hosel, presented by Nissan Regina. Now here's your host, Drew Kosher, and co-host, Troy McClure Kosher. Hey everybody, welcome back to episode 46 of Off the Hosel. My name is Drew Koser and I'm your host. And I'm happily joined back in the pit today by my brother and co-host Troy Koser. Love it, love it. Ooh, it's so quiet in here now, it's perfect. I know these two guys are looking at me right now. <laughs> I scared them. <laughs> Shouldn't have done in the back swing, eh? Hey, gents? Um, Reverend, Reverend not here today. He's not here, he's working tonight. So um, quick shout out to the Rev. Yeah, I mean, it's good to be back. Been a couple weeks, haven't been here. So uh, you're looking good. Uh, yeah. Deadly. Good to see you. You as well. Before we get started here, I'd like to mention, as always, this is a Nissan-driven podcast. Nissan is the place to go. They have a great team, great staff, great customer service, and of course, they have great vehicles, as I know. So head on down to Nissan Regina today, located on 1111 Broad Street in Regina. Where's that? 1111 Broad Street in Regina. And Troy, would you like to let everyone know where we are today? We are recording live from Divots Indoor Golf Center, located at 6823 Rochdale Boulevard in Regina, Sask. Give them a call, 306-206-1270, or visit them at www.divotsgolf.com. Book your tee times, and as the old saying goes, don't make divots, play divots. Boom, I love it. Deadly. Uh, yeah, great setup here, so thanks again to, to all the staff here at Divots. And I'm going to cut you off on that, Drew, and say thank you. You've, uh, you've improved my driving game tenfold over the last, <laughs> I don't know, five weeks. I'm, well, uh, I'm consistently on a simulator hitting it 265, 270 straight down the middle. So, uh, yeah, thanks, bro. Yeah, no worries. Well, my goal is to get you to about a 10 handicap by the end of the, by the, end of the winter and move it into a, a single digit in the summertime. So let's get that happening. Would be nice. So we had an exciting week last week. The whole world was watching this, obviously the way the world is right now, but everyone was glued to their TVs, and we had a, an okay Masters. It was an okay. Uh, you know, Dustin Johnson wins. What he does best, he just wins. Um, doesn't smile a whole lot until after he gets to, to win. So uh, let's walk through the Masters quickly here. Um, your thoughts and, yeah. I, I guess we can bypass the question of what did each other of us do this past weekend because I know what I did, I know what you did. Basically didn't leave the couch, watch Masters for four days. Um, I'll tell you, it's, it's the Super Bowl of golf, in my opinion. You have that field was loaded. The top golfers were at the top after day three. The top three in the world were number one, two, and three. Yep. You had, I, I mean, we were rooting hard for Abe, right? I mean, family helps, goes a long way, and, you know, didn't didn't get it done. Actually, Sunday was, he, and he admitted it, it wasn't a very good day. I mean, I think he shot five over. 
he's still qualified for next year's Masters, so congrats, Abe. Congrats, Dale. Um, but big congratulations to DJ. They, they say that, you know, Sundays, especially in the, uh, the, the big tournaments. The majors. The majors. He can't get it done. Well, I think he proved his uh, his haters wrong, shooting a course record twenty under. Yeah, it's a yeah tournament record of twenty under. You know, he shoots two sixty fives. You know, DJ just he's so fun to watch, and and I and I respect the guy a ton. And to further into more DJ talk here, I had like I put a tweet out on what is it Saturday or what I don't know Saturdays, and I was like I hammered on DJ Raman Thomas. And then some guy, and I, I know the guy, whatever it is, what it is. He's like, "What do you mean you hammered on? Nice bet." Okay, well, here, if you're listening, tell me where JT and Rom finish in the top in the standards. The top three players in the world <laughs> didn't finish where I was supposed. You know what I mean? So, yeah. regardless if I hammered on a bet or not, I still won money. Okay, so I'm going to ask you because this is kind of a postmaster chit chat before we get into today's guest. Okay. I want to ask you what your um, how do I word this? Your your feel good story of the weekend. The one the, the one thing you'll take other than Dustin Johnson winning. What's the one thing that stuck out in your mind and you're like, awesome. Oof. I know what mine is right now, but I want to see what yours is. Oh, good question. Um, well, I was going to just say, honestly, the fact that, here, I'll do two. The fact that DJ came out of nowhere, he missed his six to eight weeks, hasn't played golf in that time. You know, he had a deadly virus, you know, whether it's 99% proven to be better and you'd be healthy from it. He still had a virus and he didn't do anything for six to eight weeks. And he comes back and just dummies the field. Next thing, feel good moment. Um, Don't steal mine. You know what? I was going to say just even how Abe, you know, a guy who's 21 in the world, uh, you know, a lot of guys, think they, they say he's a good player, but they don't, I, I don't really, I don't think they understand really how good he is. You know, he doesn't hit the ball very far, hits it on a rope. Uh, him and Dale, a great team together and had a great week besides the fact on Sunday is what it is. You know, you and I aren't, we're not there playing the Masters, so people want to say, oh, well, Blockton can't win a championship. Who cares? I thought he had a great week. Yours? Well, I had a great week, and I mean, only going to progress. I mean, you, you, you play the final round at Augusta, and you're playing with Dustin Johnson. And I mean, good on Sung Jae He's young, he's 22, didn't realize he was only 22 years old. And I mean, he was throwing darts out there, too. I mean, I think he finished the tournament, what, 15 under? Great putter. And 15 oh. under most years wins you the Masters. Yeah, um, my feel-good story, honestly, was watching, and and I'm not even. I'm, there's no fun being made here. Sunday, I got a tweet or a tweet, a text from Dad, and it said, "God, he golf's just like us." And I knew what he was talking about. Tiger on a par three, shoots a ten. Three water bottles. Yep. Or water bottles, water balls, shoots a ten. And what's he do after that for the final five holes? Birdie, 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 birdie. Five birdies in a row. Did he make five in a row? Five in a row. No, I lied. I think four three, out of, three four out of five. Four out of yeah. five because 18 he part. Yeah. But, I mean, he ended up shooting one under with a 10. He shot a 10 on a par three. Yeah, man. It's and it just shows that that mental drive of Tiger Woods. Why he is, well, he. He's he the best is, player ever played the game. to ever play the game. Best player and ever. that's how strong he is. He yeah. just kept on going, and he said, "I'm just gonna, I'm gonna finish the tournament off the way it should." You know. Well, and it's funny too. Did you know that it took it, 23,000 holes, 23,000 holes, for him to make? That's the highest number ever. A 10. 
Yeah, that was the worst score he ever had on a hole. Unbelievable. And it, and actually, the course looked in great shape. But I, I know Troy has something to do here right now, so I'll let you uh, take it away. Yeah, I just wanted to say uh, this part of the podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. Autumn is in the air, and Manscaped is here to ensure you don't carve your pumpkins when you're grooming. By pumpkins, we Ouch. actually mean your boys downstairs. In fact, Manscaped is on a mission to change the way you approach caring for your balls. And great news, they just released their products in the UK, Canada, and Australia. Get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with code HOSL20. And for all our listeners out there and viewers, introducing their new Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer. Uses the same skin-safe technology when you're trimming those delicate nose hairs that you just have to take care of. Because no one wants nose hairs. That's right. That was pretty good, live on the air. That was perfect. Not bad. That was deadly. Thanks to T-Money at Divots here, the video in the background here for us. Um, so, yeah, Masters Week, you know, DJ wins. Um, he mentioned, what's, his, what's the guy's name in? Sung GM. Oh, guy could pot. Swing, gross. Didn't like it. He's 22. Yep. He's older. He's under than me. 22. Yeah. He's, uh, yeah, it was a great week. Good, good uh, uh, DeChambeau. I don't even want to get into that. I, um, I do. Okay. Sure, I, I do. And um, I, I I like DeChambeau. I do. I he he. You've, you've said it many times on this podcast. He's kind of a golf nerd. Um, kind of. But <laughs> when you go out pre-tournament, and I'm not going to say he ran his mouth, but when you're making comments, I'm going to play this like a par 67, and you end up doing what happened with him. Yep. You kind of bit your own tongue. Yeah, you know, I like Bryson as a golfer. But then but after then he, 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 he... I know you're going with this. When he comes out with the, I got to get a COVID test. Or I'm dizzy. And he even said it after his final round on Sunday. I watched, the, I watched the interview with that Amanda girl on CBS. And he I have said, a tummy ache. I, I'm dizzy. My whole body feels good, but I'm dizzy. You know what? You shit the bed. Drink more water. You shit the bed. Yep. Absolutely. Take your medicine like a big boy. You shit the bed. Yep. But the positive thing out of all this is, we're back in Augusta in five months, right? April's right around the corner. We should have two masters every year. I know. It's... be unreal. I don't know. My wife might get upset because I didn't do anything for four days. I just sat on the couch. <laughs> well, I, I guess we, I never asked you about the weekend, but obviously with, you know, I, you talk, you mentioned it perfectly. We watched golf all weekend. My team did end up playing two games in the weekend, um, but that's besides the point. Anyhow, let's move on now to what's going on this week. We're heading to the Sea Island Seaside Course. Uh, where, where is that? Oh, good question. The RSM Classic. I don't know where that is. Do you know where it is? I'm Googling it as we speak. Well, while you do that, I'll uh, rip off some of the names. You know, Sabatini, Weisberger, Percy, Higgs, Hostler, uh, Hadwin's in the field. Uh, a little different field than last week, but um, this course has a lot of water. <laughs> and H- Hence the name Sea Island Sea Island Seaside Course? Yeah, I'm sure they have seahorses in the water too. There, It looks like there's a lot of agua on that course. Um, and I've seen you chipping today. And I think you'd have a lot of problems with the, <laughs> around the greens chipping. So. Hey, it wasn't that bad. Yeah, it was horrible. It was horrible. It um, is being played in St. Simon's Island in Georgia. So it must not be too far from Augusta. Easy, easy flight? I know DJ ain't playing. I saw he's had a family trip planned already, and there's been a lot of cash flying around. So Yeah, no kidding. No, the field looks pretty good. I mean, considering it's right off the Masters, I know a lot of golfers take that week off, get ready, or... Uh, who actually did I hear? Bryson said he's taken some significant time off. I actually heard that in his really? interview. Yeah. Good. And I don't, he wants to get stronger. I'm going, Jesus, how many more steroids can you take? Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and the one thing, too, about this whole, you know, with the golf and there's no fans, the, the sound bites, I love it. Like, JT is, like, the man. He's just like, fuck, am I bad today? 
you know, and he just doesn't care because he's human. He's like all of us. You know, yeah. he hits a bad shot. Oh, God, are you bad today? Or how do you hit that one? So, you know what I mean? I, so I was really hoping for JT, too. I, I, he's probably, aside from Abe, because, again, family relations, Justin Thomas is probably my favorite golfer. Really? I like JT. I, I like the way he plays. He, like you said, he just doesn't give a shit. Uh, he hits a bad shot. He lets you. He lets himself know, and he lets you know the million people around the world watching know. So. Absolutely. Well, uh, do you have anything more, Troy, before we go into who our guest is today? No. Uh, I'm sure people know all our social media handles by now, right? Would they not? Huh. Why not rip it off one more time? Well, you rip it off. Okay. Twitter and Instagram, underscore off the hosel. Facebook, just off the hosel. Uh, we do have some sweaters left still available if you want one. $40, $5. Every sweater goes to the Cancer Foundation of Saskatchewan. We are uh, actually going to be delivering a uh, check to the Cancer Foundation of Saskatchewan ASAP. And should be a little photo shoot for us and them and all these to a good cause. Yeah, and, uh, you know, you guys can all reach us on our handles. Um, let us know who you'd like to see. I know Drew put a post out there about some more SAS local golf players, and we had a few people chime in on who they'd like to hear on the podcast. Keep the suggestions coming in. We'll keep trying to help you guys out uh, and get them on the show. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention, too, was, and I just had a brain fart. Dun, dun. That's Carry it. Carry on, Drew. I got to think about this one. All righty, while you do that, I'm going to, intro into our guests today um you know we're pretty lucky we you know episode 46 as this is dropping we had people asking early oh get your cousin on get this guy on blah blah you know people have to understand sometimes people are just busy some people just don't want to do it sometimes it's not the right time for them but we are very fortunate today to have on our cousin joey coaster uh three time as a player one time as a coach stanley cup champion uh not too far from here calvinton saskatchewan Tons of cousins. They're all cousins. Um, <laughs> it's it's pretty cool today that we, we get to do this. Um, really excited. And he's going to have a lot of stories for us. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. Uh, I know I was telling you earlier today when, before we started recording that I actually had, like, I know Joey growing up. I'm a lot older than you. Yeah. Um, you remember more of his kid. Yep. Um, I, know, I know he's going to have some great stories for us. Um, I, I'm kind of excited to see what he says about the Kelvington Golf Course. I want to know best sand traps in the province. His, his best round there, because I mean he grew up playing it, right? Yep. So, uh, kind of excited to ask him about that. Um, you didn't ask him about throwing a bench on the ice. It wasn't a bench; it was a chair. a chair. And I don't think so. Ah. Uh, Maybe I'll leave that up to you. I'll probably do it. What do I have to lose? Hang up on me. <laughs> Anyhow, I think it's time we send it over now to Joey Coaster, episode forty-six. Hope you guys enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. We all know here in Saski we have short summers. So what better way to keep your golf game up to par than heading on down to Divots Indoor Golf? Check them out on social media, Divots Indoor Golf, located on Rochdale Boulevard. Play at Divots, don't make them. Alrighty, well, we are very excited for this one today. He's from Calvington, Saskatchewan, currently resides in Detroit, Michigan. He's played 15 years in the NHL, former Yorkton Terrier alumni, Saskatoon Blade. He's a three-time as a player Stanley Cup champion, one as a coach, play with the Detroit Red Wings. Without further ado, we welcome in our cousin, Joey Coaster. Thanks for joining the podcast today, Joe. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. So, Joe, what's up? How are things? What's new in your life? And how's the family? Loaded question. Uh, well, 
it's all pretty much the same 2020 here probably as it is back in uh, in Saskatchewan. They're kind of shutting things down again. It's going to get a little ugly for a while, but uh, family's great. Uh, kids are great. Everyone's great and healthy, but uh, just trying to battle through this uh, 2020 uh, COVID. So before we go on to our next one here, I wanted to ask how's uh, you know Liam and, and Kendall doing? Is Liam playing hockey yet? College? Yep, Liam. Uh, Liam is a second-year uh, college player playing for Clear University. He's, he had to have his hip, uh, some hip surgery done, so he's just getting back on the ice, and that's good. And my daughter, she's doing great. She's got her own house. She's uh, lives pretty close to us. But uh, yeah, everyone's doing great. Thank you. Awesome to hear. I feel so old, Joey. <laughs> I remember when Kendall was running around as a little girl. I feel so old. <laughs> I think she's 27 this year, so I think we're all getting older. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, Joey, as I always do, I like to backtrack, you know, our, our guest's life. You know, what was a young, for me for me especially, I, w- I wouldn't know too much, but a young Joey Coaster doing in Calvington, Saskatchewan. Well, what was I doing? I was, uh, well, like, you know, my father, so I was doing a lot of work on the farm, and, uh, earning my way to get to go to the rink and practice and play hockey but uh <laughs> you know what you just grew up you grew up doing what you had to do you grew up as a farm boy getting strong working out doing all that and then uh play softball in the summer and uh and hockey in the winter and that was pretty much our our life for a lot of years you know uncle joe still won't sell me the old ford fargo eh? <laughs> i keep bugging him and he still won't sell it to me <laughs> so oh, sorry, sorry, what? He, he still won't sell me that old ford fargo <laughs> I said He's I want. Stubborn guy, right? I know I want <laughs> that thing, but uh, so Joey, what was it like growing up in, in Kelvington? I mean, small town Sask. Um, when, when did you start getting into the game of hockey, and, and when did you find your true passion um, for hockey to become such a thing? You know, early on, uh, early on, probably four or five years old, we uh, we were never forced into hockey, but it was just the thing to do in the winter and. We, uh, our family at least, never had a snowmobile or nothing else, so the only thing we, our entertainment was hockey, and whether we go to the senior hockey games in the evenings or, or play it or practice it or at uh, lunchtime during school, sneaking over to the rink and getting on the ice, it was just, uh, the passion was just the enjoyment of the game. I mean, there, I had no expectations of ever really even playing junior hockey or especially professional hockey. It was just, uh, I was living in a small, wonderful town of uh, not a lot of people, but uh, we had a lot of hockey players, and we enjoyed the game. We loved the game. We were just doing it just for the pure pure fun. So, Joey, speaking of junior hockey, I mean, you played two seasons in Yorkton for the Terriers, and, and I scout now for Weyburn, but I, I got to ask, how was that, and do you rem- remember, uh, I believe, the name Dave Melanchuk? You got to remember, I'm old and I don't remember a whole lot. <laughs> First two seasons in Yorkton were uh, were an absolute eye opener for me. I went there. I was extremely young. I mean, I think I was probably 14 or 15 when I went to Yorkton, and you kind of get your eyes open when you're playing against 19 and 20 year olds. And I remember, uh, I remember one day this this six foot five bearded guy walks into the <laughs> locker room and he walks right through the middle of the dressing room and goes back to the coach's room. We kind of look at each other like, I guess we got another coach or this guy coming to visit. 
turned out to be Dave Brown. Oh, wow. And Dave Brown, <laughs> think about a 14 or 15-year-old looking at this, this guy. And he kind of took me under his wing a little bit, and uh, it was pretty cool. But uh, I learned a lot. I had, a, I had an amazing coach there, a coach named Jerry James, who probably I think anyone in Saskatchewan knows that I think he's still the only person to play in the Grey Cup and the Stanley Cup final in the right. same season, in the same year. And he, uh, he pulled me aside one day, and he, he just said, listen, if uh, you ever want to do anything with this in your career, you've got to find, a, you've got to find something that you do that's, that stands out that might be better than most. And at that point, I don't even think I ever had a fight. And uh, it turns out I, had to get, I got in a couple fights on accident and did pretty well and enjoyed it. And it just, that's kind of how it uh, morphed into moving on in, into uh, Saskatoon and then the uh, NHL. And I was just going to piggyback that question, Joey. You know, you went and played a couple of years in Saskatoon for the Blades. And uh, I know in 1983-84, you played with uh, another well-known uh, Kelvington boy, Wendell Clark. You, you lit it up. You had 81 points that year. And I think you had a few penalty minutes, too. I can't remember. 258. <laughs> uh, how, 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 was your, how was your time in Saskatoon playing for the Blades? It, it was amazing. We had a... Uh, we had an extremely talented team there. Um, I, in my opinion, we should have been way more successful in the playoffs. We just ran into uh, a Lethbridge team the one year that had oh, guys like Ken Reggett on it and Troy Loney and the Sutter brothers and a lot of future NHL players. And then we had a couple injuries that, uh, that hurt us in the, in, the, in the playoffs. But uh, I have great memories of every – Every rink in Saskatchewan, whether it be going from Weyburn to Melville to Estevan to North Battleford to Humboldt, and then the West, the Western League, uh, that was that was a lot tougher travel. Oh yeah, coming back from Portland and and uh, Penticton and all those places. But uh, my time there was I, I enjoyed it, and I got a lot tougher and a lot more resilient with uh, with that opportunity. So being from well, it's been called many, many times Saskatchewan's Hockey Factory. What's your most memorable moment of all your career in Saskatchewan playing hockey? Oh, I have, I have a lot of great memories, but I think the, uh, uh, the, the opportunity to bring the cup back there in, I think it might have been 98. 97, like, 98. I'm not sure. It was that's when I brought it back to have that to have the town I don't want to say just the town have the people probably came from 100 miles away to get a chance to see the Stanley Cup and we had a a big celebration and and Wendell and Barry and Kelly and Donnie and and all the boys from back home came back for that and uh it was a celebration for the town to, to we were lucky enough to bring the cup there but uh I think I think everyone enjoyed it. There was a parade in town, and uh, it's just something I'll never forget. You know, Joey, I remember I was 17, 18 years old. We came up from Regina when the cup was at your mom and dad's at Uncle Joe and Aunt Rita's, and Drew was there. He was, I think, two and a half years old, and there was actually a picture in the Leader Post, which is out of Regina. Cutest baby in town. And Drew was sitting inside the Stanley Cup. I still remember that. <laughs> well, the picture's still at mom and dad's. <laughs> oh, that's, I. you know what, that's, 
back in 1994 when I first won it. My daughter was six months old. Wow. And we're in the dressing room getting ready to go for the parade. And the cup was sitting right in front of my stall, and I just reached over and grabbed Kendall and threw her in the cup. And we've got the greatest picture of all all time, except for if you look closely, I sat next to Brian Leach, and his jock strap is right over her head in the back of the picture. I wish we could have done it a little better, but uh, no, those were memories that, that, I mean, I look at those pictures, and... I'm not sure if you guys remember, our neighbors brought horses over. Yeah, I do. And yep. I was riding a horse with the Stanley Cup over my head. And uh, that that's only things that happen in small towns in Saskatchewan. That's that's why it's so exciting to be able to come back and do that. Well, it was lots of fond memories because, I mean, I, I, I know, I remember being at your wedding. Um, you know, like the memories I made, I mean, I'm a little bit younger than you, Joey, obviously, but I've been at your wedding. I remember you doing the hockey school, which I think we're going to touch on in a bit here. Um, you know, and then for you to bring the Stanley Cup back for family and friends, that was just an awesome, awesome gesture and something I'll never forget. Yeah, it was great times. So, Joe, I mean, you, you then get drafted in ni- 1983 to the Red Wings. Like, oh, what a day. I can only imagine. How special was that for you and, of course, your family? Well, uh, the funny thing is back... Back in those days, we, there was no such thing as a cell phone. There was no social media. I was working for a company in Saskatoon called Reliance Lumber, and I was delivering lumber somewhere in the in the province. And I got back to the I got back to the office after my delivery, and somebody in the like manager, someone said, "Hey, you got drafted." I'm like, "For what do you mean?" Yeah, he got drafted to the Red Wings. I'm like, I didn't even know that. It was just like, because <laughs> there was rumors that I might get drafted, but you never know. Because, I mean, you're, there's no, like today, you know, you've got a good idea if you're getting drafted. Yeah. First, second, third, fourth, whatever round. I had no idea. And lucky enough to get drafted uh, to Detroit was uh, pretty special. I remember having to give mom and dad a call, and it was, uh, we were very excited. Absolutely. Well, I have to just quickly backtrack here and have to ask a question. You played with... My old coach that I played for in Saskatoon, Randy Smith, and my old GM, Dave Chartier, both two hard asses, both good, both good dudes I respect to this day. How were those guys as players? Oh, they were great. Uh, is, uh well, I mean, he, he played the same way he is now. He was, uh, he was a policeman. He, was, uh, he didn't take <laughs> any shit. He was straight-laced, uh, great person. Uh, Smitty was... Uh, a tall, talented, skilled, great hands type of player, playmaker. Yeah, they they were both great, great teammates to play with. And uh, damn, I think I probably played. Uh, me, Smitty, and Danny Lear were probably in the same line a few times. So it was, uh, we, had some, we had some great times. So you go on to win three Stanley Cups, which isn't a big deal. I mean, at all, because you know, three Stanley Cups. Yeah, it's a very big deal. You win it '94 at the Rangers. You break the curse. Get to play with players like Brian Leach, Messier. Mark Messier. Then it happens again in 97, 98, and what was the last one, Drew? Help me out. Was it at 99 or 01? 01, I think. 01, 02? I could be wrong. How special oh, was it? 02 was coach. 02 was coach, right? Yeah. How special yeah. were those Stanley Cups, and in your opinion, I mean, I'm assuming they're all different, but which one was the best for you? Well, I think, I mean... Of course, your first one is the best, and that was with the New York Rangers. And like you said, we the, they hadn't won a cup since 1940, so uh, <laughs> it was pretty special. The city, the city.
city was going crazy for it. Uh, and to this day, when when any of us from the 94 team go back to New York and go to a game, it's it's a special moment because they haven't won it since. And, well, maybe with this new draft pick and the, their new team, yeah. they had a chance. But uh, we're the last man standing there, so it's pretty cool. But my, my role there was not quite what it was with Detroit. So when I came back to Detroit in 96, 97, Scotty Bowman put me on a line with Draper and Maltby, and we created a called the Grind Line, and and I, I, you forget a lot about the games, but when I look back and watch some of the old games, because they're they're playing now all the time because there's no hockey going, is Scotty would have us on the ice against the Lindros line, and starting the third period of Game Four, like he never he never had any worry about putting our line on the ice, and that's why, and I started my career in Detroit, in Detroit so. That's why I think that was the most special because I had a lot bigger role on that team and I was, I guess, more one of the players that, uh, the veteran players that the young guys would come and talk to me about. And, and uh, it, it, they're all great, but that one was probably the one I, I had the most uh, influence and, and opportunity to play. So, Joey, let me, sorry there. I mean, obviously playing with guys like Steve and, you know, Brennan Shanahan and the Fedorovs and all those guys, like you played a huge role, and I think a lot of, not a lot of people that are smart in hockey understand what your role was. And then obviously the movie came out, obviously with Ice Guardians, and the term goon is not a thing; it's an enforcer, and, and you play a big role. Now, guys like Steve, they must have respected you so much as a player that can play the game and also take care of those guys as well, hey? Eh? Yeah, I think so. I mean, when we're playing, no one really talks about it, but. Uh... But over the years, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people have watched Kelly Chase, the documentary he did, uh, Ice Guardians. And there's there's a lot of great comments there. Guys like Brett Hull and uh, talking about he would he wouldn't be the player he was today without without Chaser and Twister, the enforcers. And and I know Stevie felt a lot more protective than me and Proby were on the ice. And I think back in 19 in 1997, every one of our lines was was physical. I mean. We had the grind line, and on Stevie's line was McCarty, and on on uh, Larionov's line they had uh, Shanahan and, and Marty Lapointe. So we were we were very team tough, and that's why we were so so successful those two years. So, Joe, you got to play with again. Like we're not trying to just write, rifle off names at you, but you've played with some of the best players in the world. Who was your favorite player to play with? And, and and why? Like, what what made you go, man, I can't believe I get to play beside this guy, and, and he's just a joy to watch. And, and as a person, too, I, how, how good of a person he might have been. Wow, that's a, that's a, that's a loaded question. Uh, <laughs> if, I go early in my, <laughs> if I go early in my career, the opportunity to play with Marc Messier was, was amazing because he came to us with... I think he'd already won four Stanley Cups at the time, so Andy was one of the greatest players to ever to play the game. That was very exciting. Um, I mean, I was—it's hard for me not to say Steve Eiserman, but uh, I was drafted with him. We came up together, so I kind of—you don't look and see that—that—you uh, don't kind of look up to him that way because you've been with him the whole time. Um, Almost I like think a brother. The most. Yeah, so you're, you're you're competing with them, and you're but a guy like Mark Messier because he was a, a bit older than me, but 
younger than me. I, I, I have to tell you, the most skilled player that I think I ever played with was Sergey Fedorov. He was just yeah. If he if he if he ever had and I, I I would never tell him this, but if he could ever have had Steve Eiserman's um, knowledge and heart, and I'm not saying Sergey didn't have a heart, he just he, he kind of went about it a little more nonchalantly. If he had if he had any a couple things from Stevie Eiserman. He could have been the greatest player of all time because he was just so fast, so talented. Yeah. He was unstoppable. It was the white skates. <laughs> you should have rocked those. Yeah, the white skates. <laughs> <laughs> well, Joe, I have to – this is it. I don't know. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I've watched the, the Hockey Town documentary multiple times. Now, were you playing senior or playing, like, rec men's lead hockey when you got pulled out of there to go win another cup? Uh, I was playing beer league, not not senior, no hit, no slap shot, rec league. <laughs> and I who, was a defenseman too, so I was I was a stay at home defenseman. Still putting up <laughs> seventy points though. And who called you? Was it was it was it Scotty? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, well, the, the the long long story is um, I was out of work. I was I was. I was working out extremely hard. I was str- stronger than I've ever been, and that would have been in 1996. And uh, Proby was in town playing for the Blackhawks. And I went to him and I said, I said, Proby, you gotta, you gotta help me get back in the league. You gotta make Detroit think that they gotta get tougher. Well, the next time Proby came to town, he, he just ran over the wings. He was spearing guys, <laughs> fighting guys. He actually he abused the entire team. Wow. And the next morning, my agent calls and said, Scotty Bowman called. He says. Get down to the minors and get in shape. They want to re-sign you. So wow. I went down to San Antonio, San Antonio, Texas. Played six games and came back for Christmas. And Scotty called me at home at Christmas, and uh, and he didn't call himself Scotty. He says uh, he said Joe Scott Bowman here. I need you to <laughs> send somebody to pick up your things. Uh, we're signing you, and you're going to be playing on the 26th. So. <laughs> That's pretty amazing. <laughs> hey, boys, uh, keep my fees for the rest of the year. I'm going to go win a cup again. Sorry. <laughs> That's pretty sweet. <laughs> so, Joey, we had last week on our podcast uh, Craig Button, and he had mentioned that you were one of the biggest assets yeah. for the Red Wings. He said you were very, very valuable, to quote him. Uh, quite the honor, I would think, coming from Craig Button, no? No, absolutely. I mean, I think if you look at the older the older uh, members of, of the league, whether it's an old general manager, an old coach, they, they saw the value of, of the physical players. I don't want to say goons, and I don't want to say enforcers, but back in the 80s, yeah, there was probably more goons, but to get into the 90s and be able to play and, and win Stanley Cups, you had to be able to, to play on the ice. And I was lucky enough to play with, like I said, Maltby and Draper for a few years, and we... We were very successful, and like I said, Scotty, Scotty trusted us. Uh, the day Scotty signed me, he pulled me into his office, and I just didn't know what he was going to tell me. But he, I sat down. He goes, first comment to me was, "I don't want you fighting." And I, I looked at him. I'm like, Scotty, is that why you signed me? He said, "There's going to be a time and a place, but when, when you fight, you're in the penalty box, and I can't send you out there if something happens. So I want you yeah. always ready and able to be able to go at any." at any given time so that's how smart scotty bowman was he 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 looked he looked past the the 
the immediate moment and was always looking into the future. Wow, that's, uh, you know, I can only imagine playing for a guy like Stoddy Bowman. I mean, the guy's, what does he want, nine cups? Do you know, Troy? I think it was 11. 11 cups. Yeah, I was going to wow. say 10, so we'll split the difference and say 11. <laughs> um, well, Joe, before we get going into our, our questions from the gallery here, I mean, we want to not keep you on long here, but the question is, obviously, what are you up to now? Are you, are you still the head of the alumni program? I know you're heavily involved there. And how is the foundation going? Uh, foundation's been great. We've uh, going into our 13th year, but again, with, with everything that's going on in today's world, we were unable to have an event this year. Uh, we were planning on redoing it again, get going next year. Um, as for the uh, alumni, yeah, I've been uh, president of the alumni for uh, probably going on 12 years. So, nice. But again, with the alumni, we do all charity events, but there's no charity events right now with, with uh, what's going on as well. Awesome, awesome to hear. I just wanted this, just oh. before you go there, Drew, you know, Joe, it's so funny how many times, and I'm sure Drew hears it all the time, they see people when you're, like, for example, I was in a training course today, you know, I had to do a couple tests, and people look at my last name, and this guy's probably, I don't know, he would have been 65, 7 years old, he's from BC, are you related to Joey? You know how many times we hear that? It's, it's just such a cool honor, actually, the <laughs> fact that people recognize our last name because of you, so thank you. And I think it helps me in the hockey world, well, too, I now. <laughs> well, good luck. Thank you. Hey, it's funny because actually my boss is uh, Rich Pilon, and he told me, and he showed me the video, <laughs> Yeah, you, you punching him so hard in the head that you you cracked his helmet. Remember that game? I remember fighting Richie. <laughs> that, was, that was, shoot, that was back in the early 80s probably. Yeah, he told me that you cracked his helmet, and he said, uh, I'm not doing that again. Well, there, so. There's a lot of Joey highlights. Jim Kite, that's all I'm going to say. Jim Kite. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I remember that one, too. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> lastly, before we go into our questions from the gallery here, Joe, uh, anything you'd like to say to anyone back home listening, as this is a highly focused Saskatchewan podcast? I'm sorry, I, you were kind of cutting out there. Sorry. Uh, just before we go into our questions from the gallery here, is there anything that you'd like to say to anyone back home here in Saskatchewan that would be listening today? No, I mean, other than thank you to all the, all the parents and uh, managers and coaches that I had over those years, that a lot of them were just, just uh, moms, or I'm sorry, dads that would give their time. And without, without, without those guys... None of us make the NHL, and I, I was lucky enough to coach my son for about 12 years after he retired. So, as long as we all give back and uh, teach these kids, let's let's keep this uh, cycle going for for all the Canadians. Absolutely. Already off to our segment now. Questions from the gallery, sponsored by Divots Indoor Golf, located on Rossdale Boulevard. We all know golf in summer is gone, but no better way to keep your game up to par than moving into Divots to work on the game or have a good time, crush beers, and have a great experience. So come on down to Divots today at the end of Rochdale Boulevard in Regina, Saskatchewan. Alrighty, I'll let Troy go first here on this one. This one comes in on our Facebook Facebook page, Joey. The gentleman's name is Chris Cherowick, and he says his uncle is Dale Angle or Angel from Archerville. He claims that you and his brother Ian had a dust-up in a fastball game back in the day and that Ian won the fight. Can you please set the record straight because I call bullshit. <laughs> I don't think I ever had a dust up in a softball game, so I, I'm going to call bullshit on that. 
<laughs> All right. Okay. My question here: What was it like moving from a player to become a coach for the team that you played for? Um, well, it was probably a little easier for me because I, I wasn't cut by the team. I was forced uh, to leave because of injury, so I knew that I couldn't play. And then the, the nice thing was we were basically coming off of a couple Stanley Cups and all the players that I currently was playing with, they kind of looked up to me and I was the, uh, I was the middleman between uh, Scotty Bowman and the players. They'd come to me and vent and I'd take what I felt was important to, uh, to Scotty. So I, I learned a lot in those few years as well. All right, Mike on our Twitter page wants to know, how is Dave Coulier, a.k.a. Joey, from Full House in person? <laughs> <laughs> we have an absolute riot. I actually, he's got, a, he's got a, some land over on Lake St. Clair, and in the last month we've gone over there twice and camped for the weekend and just had an absolute blast. He's, a, he's an avid hockey player. He loves the game, and... Uh, He's uh he's a great person to be around. <laughs> I think I just lost my question in my head. You got one there, Troy? I Go got ahead. lots in front of me. We got lots okay, of go listeners ahead. for this one. <laughs> uh, Jeff wants to know your favorite golf course in Saskatchewan you've played. Oh, I didn't play a lot of golf. I didn't actually. I didn't start golfing until I turned pro. So. It's got to be Kelvington Golf Club, right? I was, I was waiting for that answer. I was waiting for that answer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's a good one here for you. It's going to know as unknown. Who was the toughest out of your slow, sorry, fastball team on, they say, the toughest team ever to uh, be established? Was it Killer? Was it you? Corey? Anyone? Let's hear this uh, one. And don't be modest. Uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to say Brother Warren. <laughs> We were all, all equally tough. I mean, actually, when you look at it, we were, we were uh, like a pack of wolves. Nobody ever got outside. We were always there together. And shoot, one of the toughest might have been Donnie Clark, Wendell's brother. He was, he was probably the craziest. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord, uh, who is this here? Tristan wants to know who is the toughest guy in the NHL you fought. Oh, and please don't say Matthew Barna because, sorry, before you go answer that question, Joe, we had a, a golf team function, and he FaceTimed us, and he's like, where's kosher? I'm like, right here. He goes, you're the only kosher I haven't beat up yet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, sorry, my son was saying goodbye to me. Um, oh, without a doubt, uh, Bob Proby. Bobby I mean, Proby, in my opinion, was the toughest toughest player ever to play the play in the NHL and along with his skill and his size uh, I'm gonna keep saying it he should be in the Hall of Fame for being the best at his at his craft and uh, yep hopefully at some point they'll figure that out absolutely what was oh God I just had a question in my head now oh sorry here it is what was your pregame ritual uh, I, I wasn't one of those Nutballs that had uh, <laughs> pregame rituals necessarily. I, I probably did something different every time. Uh, we did have a few goofy ones. Like someone like Brendan Shanahan had a ritual for every minute between period before the game. I was, I didn't have a whole lot of them. I just tried to get ready to go out there and play and 
do whatever I could. It's funny that you mentioned some players, Joey, because I remember in the locker room, we were in Edmonton one time, you guys were playing, obviously, the Oilers. And this is obviously how much time has changed since I've been there. But I remember Brett Hall after the game smoking a stogie right in the locker room. Like, you could <laughs> never do that right now, ever. <laughs> no, well, shoot, we used, to have, we used to have guys back when I was playing in the mid-'80s, like Proby, or I won't even name the rest of the names. I mean, they'd go between periods, they'd go back in the stick room and have a, have a dart. <laughs> it's just... That's just the way the game was back then. I mean, I think probably the worst, the worst at it, but the guy that probably smoked the most when he played was Guy Lafleur. Oh yeah, oh, really? Wow. He, oh, if Guy Lafleur could. He'd have a smoke going down right wing, but he couldn't. <laughs> he'd probably go offside. No, it would go out. It would definitely go out. <laughs> <laughs> so here, here's my selfish question, Joey, and I ask all our guests this: What is your ultimate golf foursome? Pick any four people or three people to golf with yourself. Boy, now they, well, I'd always want to golf with Jack. I'd always want to, uh, I think Freddie Couples to me was always one of my favorite, favorite players to ever watch. And I'm going to make this question a little easier for you. I didn't mean it have to be golfers. It could be anybody. Oh, <laughs> anyone. Anybody. Your ultimate golf foursome. Oh, I still I'd still want to golf with golfers, I think, just because just cause of the way they played. It would probably be Jack. I'm old, so it's probably Jack, Ernie, and uh, and Freddie. Not a bad uh, foursome there. Deadly. Okay, well, here's my, one, my last question here, and you don't have to answer if you don't want to, but were you in that <laughs> game? I believe you were in the game. I've watched it a million times. <laughs> Put it this way. If you, if <laughs> how bad did you want to be on the ice when Claude the Mew was being a total meatball? Oh, well, I, that that's kind of a loaded question because <laughs> I was on the I, I was on the team at the time. I came to the rink for the game and I had a temperature of 102. They sent me home, so I was actually watching the game with a fever, laying in bed. Oh my! But in in hindsight, in hindsight. It was probably the best thing that happened to our team at that time was because this this all happened in, in the playoffs of 90, I think it was 94, 95. <clears throat> and I was not on the team. So you want to, when you got something like that happens, you want to address it with the team you had. You don't want to bring in a hired gun to, to take care of things that happened yeah. in the past. So. I, oh shit! I wanted to get on that ice so bad, but the best thing in hindsight that ever happened to our team was the players that were in that game that the Drapes was hurt. They took care of it themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Well, he well he said. This is a two-part question. Last last two-part question for me. How many rounds of golf are you getting in these days? And what's your favorite golf course that you've gotten to play? Oh, how many? Well. With everything that's been going on. I'm well, pre-COVID, I guess, pre-COVID. I'm playing way too much. I'm playing, <laughs> I'm actually playing this Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. I've probably averaged three three rounds a, a week for, since the summer started. It's, awesome. I've never golfed this much in my life. And how's the uh, game? Favorite golf course? The game is hovering right around uh, between a three and a four handicap. Oh, 
it's been it's been okay. It's not been great, but uh, uh, favorite golf course stateside would probably be Pine Valley, and uh, on the other side of the pond, without a doubt, if you ever get a chance, Old Head on the southern tip of Ireland is the most beautiful golf course you could ever imagine. So yeah, I'd even say look it up online, Old Head. It's it's just it's spectacular. We will definitely do that. Uh, well, Joe, I mean, we don't want to keep you any longer. We have to, but we are at the 33-minute mark. We got time for two minutes here, and I want to ask you, is there any one last story here uh, we can get from you before we uh, send you off? Last story? Oh. <laughs> well, I, we know we, we were talking about Scotty Bowman before, so I figure a good, a good Scotty Bowman story that I'm not sure a lot of people know. Is Perfect. We were, we were playing a game in... Uh, down south, I don't know if it was in Florida or Arizona, and we had a big win, and uh, we had a couple days off, and the boys were planning on going out and having a good time and probably golfing the next day, but this is how Scotty always works. Scotty wanted to keep you on your toes, so Scotty comes in the locker room after the game, big win, good job, guys, 12 o'clock curfew. Oh. Well, that's not going to that's not gonna <laughs> fly. So sure enough, everybody goes out. I mean, everybody. <laughs> uh, whatever time, we, I'm not sure what time we wandered back into the hotel. We got we uh, get back, get on the ice the next morning. Scotty comes out and he's got this hockey stick in his hand. And it's got all these autographs on it. Well, Scotty Bowman took that stick to the bellman at the hotel, gave it to him and said, any one of the Red Wings that comes in after midnight, have him sign this stick. He... He did that to find out how many of us missed curfew. It was absolutely the best move I've ever. It was, it was it was classic. But some of us some of us signed different names, so we kind of got them on that. One. I, That's awesome. I, I gotta ask Joey. Hurry up. Guest of the show mentioned about Nick Lidstrom. That he, oh, that he was. Yes. The chief. Oh yeah, quick quickly, Mike Mike <laughs> Commodore said, quote unquote. Nick Lindstrom was the cheapest guy he played with. Can you confirm or deny that? <laughs> cheapest? Yeah. He said he wouldn't pay for a $20 oh, cab I, ride. I, I, <laughs> oh, so I, I, don't, I didn't know that. I, uh, I mean, a lot of times back back uh, we were playing in 97, 98, yeah, we'd always take a cab. We'd never wait for the bus because the bus is always too late to get to the rink. So I didn't normally ride with him, but I... I do know Holmstrom had to drive him around a lot as a chauffeur, so maybe he was saving gas. But, uh, <laughs> but I'll tell you, I don't know there's a better defenseman ever to play the game than Nick Lidstrom. Agreed. Oh. Agreed 100%. Unreal. I can imagine just snapping around like that guy does. Oh. Yeah, he makes nice passes. <clears throat> well, Joe, this has been so much fun. I know Troy and I are really happy that you came on today, and we hope we can get you on again at some point, maybe in person. Well, whether it's you're coming home or we're coming down there at some point here, we'll find the funds and we'll head down there. Or maybe the three of us get out for a round of golf back in Kelvington. That would be great. I mean, this is uh, this kind of sucked this year. This is the first year since I left Kelvington that I haven't got home to visit mom and dad in the summer. So hopefully this thing can get fixed up and we can uh, get together next year. Absolutely. All right, Joe, thanks so much. Take care. All right, guys, thank you very much, and say hi to the family. Will do. Will do. Coors Light is the official light beer of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. It's also the official beer of watching 2013 reruns 
catching up on video calls, and wearing the same sweats as you did yesterday. Visit your local retailer for great prices on 18, 24, 36 can packs. Coors Light, made to chill. Alrighty, there it is, episode 46 with cousin Joey Joe Joe Koser. Uh, a lot of fun. Uh, you know, it was only 36 minutes and change. We were told 35 from his bookie. Just kidding, but he only had 35 minutes of time. Uh, we really appreciate him coming on, and I think we had a lot of fun with that one today, and I, I think Joey did too. Uh, yeah, exactly. Joey had a lot of fun, too. You could just tell the way he was chatting back at us, not one word in answers. Uh, I think we threw a few different questions his way that made it more personal. Um, again, very thankful Joey came on. Good stories. Absolutely. And, you know, even like you mentioned just, just before we started to push the record button here, you know, how, how humble he is and saying guys like Probert should be in the Hall, uh, Hockey Hall of Fame. And, and we agree, I think. I mean, you know, Bob was tough as nails and no different than Joey. They played very similar roles. They could also play the game too. And if people that don't know sports or in hockey especially, and obviously this is a, a golf podcast with a lot of different sports involved, but Joey could play the game. And there's a reason why Steve Eisenman, because this is in the documentary, and Steve Eisenman has said it multiple times, Scotty, we need Joe back, and we need him now. And to come back from the, to come back from playing rec hockey to, to playing the NHL Cup final, it's <laughs> like clearly he's he's an he's an asset. He had a hell of a shock too, Drew. I don't know if you knew this, but it was one of the playoff runs. I can't remember. <clears throat> Joey took a snapshot or slap shot. I can't remember what the hell it was. Top of the circle, and he put it right through the net. I'll never. He's, it was a goal. They had to actually review it. He put it right through the net. He's a good hockey player. Must I mean, have been soft, soft knitting. Yeah, well, <laughs> I don't know about that. Have, no. you see, have you seen Joey's right hand? <laughs> no, it was uh, a lot of fun. Uh, we really, really, really appreciate Joey coming on. So, um, you know, obviously, Troy, I'll let you rip off here. What else we got going on this uh, week before we send it, uh, send you guys home? Well, I just want to let our listeners know that today's podcast is brought to you also by Last Mountain Distilleries. Famous seasonal releases, cherry whiskey and hazelnut cream liqueur. Now available at retailers across the province and at the distillery. Get your Christmas shopping done before they're gone. Contact list pickup available at our distillery through our website at www.lastmountaindistillery.com. Man, I was actually over at the Last Mountain Distillery thing, obviously doing a video with uh, our video content creator, Christian. That place is bananas. Unreal in there. Great place. How they started from, you know, just a, a two-car garage to the facility they have now. And, like, touching that alcohol coming out of the, out of the still there. 88%. Oh, was I just almost glued to the floor. Just happy that they're friends of our show and like to support us. We support them just like our friends here at Divots Indoor Golf. Again, 6823 Rochdale Boulevard. Located in Regina, Sass. Contact them at 306-206-1270 or visit www.divotsgolf.com Play Divots. Don't make them. Love it. Well, Masters have come and gone. Five months to the next one. Um, but babe, hey, we got a contest out. We do got a contest. Why don't you tell everyone what's going on in the contest there, Troy? Well, you got to hit the old like, share, retweet. Follow all three steps on all of our social media channels, and uh, you got your chance to win a nice off the hosel sweater. Uh, what else we got in there, Drew? Uh, there's a Manscaped package to take care of your, your, your bush. Yeah, and you got uh, <laughs> some gift cards to Campfire Grill. 50 bucks worth. And lots, lots of goodies. Lots of good stuff and still more to come as the new Weed Whacker just came in today and I'm very excited to use it. Um, not sure how those things work, but I'm excited to try it out. Yeah, so uh, get get on the social media channels, do your steps to get entered, and we'll make that draw on Friday. So. Alrighty. As uh, we always do, we like to say thank you for listening. Thanks to our sponsors. Uh, 
I have nothing much more, man. This is a lot of fun today. It was a full, full coaster uh, interview podcast today. So, again, thanks to Joey, Troy, as always. Take care, my brother. You too, pal. Peace. Everyone else, have a great Wednesday. Enjoy the podcast. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Stay safe. Wear a mask. Don't be a dipshit. Peace. See ya.